This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to iFanboy's book, Explode, Superman Birthright by Mark Wade and Lanille Francis Hugh.
Hey, everybody, you're listening to another edition of iFanboys Booksplode, the podcast where we talk about one book for a really long time. Uh, <laughs> on this one, we're talking about Superman Birthright by Mark Wade and Lanil Francis Yu. My name is Paul Montgomery. Joining me on this episode, Mr. Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Mike Romo. Hey, hey guys. I'm so glad we get to redo our Man of Steel podcast. This is really <laughs> exciting. I, uh, I know the fans want it. So. Well, you bring up a no. good point. This is this is an origin story for Superman that it came out. It's It's been like 10 years. It's, it came out in 2003 and 2004. And um, a lot of this is, is kind of a basis for Man of Steel, the movie that just came out. Um, so there's a lot of different things you can find here. The, I, you know, one of the prominent ones is, you know, the S stands for hope. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a Mar- that's a Mark Wade idea, and um, as kind of as yeah as kind of outraged as as Mark Wade was uh, that he's I think DC put up a you know a list of like Superman books you should go out and read in advance of Man of Steel, and uh, Birthright was not on that list, and so he's like you don't include the book that it's based on, um, but he did say you know in, in some of his uh, in some of his blog posts that uh, he's actually kind of heartened that he left something to the Superman oh, very hard. that he's will. Very hard. That will continue on, so that's that's a that's a big thing. Um, that would have been nice if they sort of included a list of books at the end of the movie for people to see, like show the covers of them and stuff like that. But I mean, they why did that? They did that for Green Lantern. That didn't yeah, I remember that. Action. I don't know why, why they didn't do that this time. I, I just want to drop the idea that it's possible, almost likely that some massive discussion is going to bleed into this. <laughs> okay. It's just, I mean, it's just going to be hard not to, yeah, not to talk about it. So this could be Man of Steel podcast part two eventually. Yeah, and you can listen uh-huh. to the special edition podcast that that you guys and Josh did on Man of Steel, and then I did a uh, just a written review, um, and that's actually why I wasn't on the podcast because I was writing that. So uh, you get you to- actually should read it because no one read it or talked about it. That's very right. Few, very, few very few comments. comments. There's just just a little bit over five hundred. So yeah, <laughs> um, you can wade right in there. Uh, so so birthright um, is this your Superman origin story? No. Is this anyone's Superman origin story? Well, it's funny because I was thinking about it. When this came out originally, I, I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, I didn't even is, know what happened. Which is I funny was, because yeah. I went back in the archive and looked, and I did make one of these issues the pick of the week. You did? Uh, number eight, the Lex Luthor spotlight issue, where we, we learned his, his you know, history in Smallville First, and all that yeah. stuff. Okay, that's a really good uh, section. That was a pick of the week that I made. But I didn't, over, on, the, on the whole, like this because, for me, Superman's origin begins and ends with, with Burns' Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say this isn't good. And I really did enjoy this on second read much more than I did originally. We could talk about it in a second, but well, for, when, did, of, when did uh, do you, offhand do you know when Man of Steel came out? Yes, eighty-seven. Okay. Um, you know, this, this it's just you know everyone has their own continuity, and for me, the for me the origin I like the best, uh, and the one I think of when I think of Superman's origin is Man of Steel. That's to me the most Christopher Reeve feeling story, mm-hmm. um, and also there's elements that I really do like a lot. Um, even compared to Superman's Secret Origin, which he looks like Christopher Reeve. Yeah, it's the even Jeff Johns and Gary Frank one that came out. Yeah, More even then, I think I think the tone is more in in line with those movies. Um, it's funny. I don't ever think of a single story as defining the origin story. I think I, I like seeing the same song played in different keys, sure, and sure. different styles. Yeah. Um, uh, if this this was interesting, I. I the, I well, I had been moving to LA, I guess, when this had happened. So I totally missed this book, and um, it was really interesting to reread this with, you know, being ten years later, going, oh, that's kind of, you can see kind of the seeds that it planted, and you could also see when it felt kind of dated a little mm-hmm. bit, some of the the notions, and then you realize again, like we talked about Man of Steel, just 
how really compelling Smallville is really turning out to be in terms of the Superman mythos. There's a little bit, I felt, I, I, I felt I was remembering Smallville more and more while I was reading this. The and town I, I think or the TV show? The, the, the TV show. Okay. Just sort of the tenor of the relationship between the parents and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think the, what has happened for me in the more modern Superman retellings that I've liked it when authors have really explored the relationship between Kal-El and uh, Clark and Martha yeah. and yeah. and really having more scenes like that and having them be having more of a partnership and the mom being sort of, look, we're always going to love you, but you got to do what you got to do and we're going to support you no matter what. And like it, it's, it's, it was cool to see that sort of underscored in this book again. And I just hadn't realized how long uh, Lennel has been doing art. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting to see an example of his, I guess, what would be pretty pretty damn early. Yeah, it's, um, it's very raw. And I think that's one of the reasons why, as a, I was going to say as a kid, but I was I was, I was 20, <laughs> 25 or so when this came yeah, out. Yeah, that's, that's the new kid, Connor. Yeah, I, mean, I, I wasn't a kid. I mean, I was 18 when this came now out. Now that I'm so. in my 30s, being in your 20s is considered to be a kid. Um, I, I, I think one of the reasons why I didn't like it originally was, was the art. You know, I, I appreciate it more now, but I also see where it's really rough in parts, where where you is still sort of figuring out his style. Lots of um, sharp edges. And you, you yeah. kind of don't think of sharp edges when you think of Superman, you know? Like, right. Yeah, he seemed very blocky at times, and uh, that was interesting to me. It's um, also a very, very sort of um, ballsy format in that, you know, we, we start off with Clark you know, as a young man, the the format of Man of Steel fits this in that we, we see the origin and then it jumps to him as a as a, a sort of young adult. We we skip the whole childhood bit. He's twenty five when we and uh, so we see him sort of running around the globe as a freelance reporter, and we see him, we spend a lot of time with him in Africa, like basically the whole first two issues. Yeah, he's in the in the Sudan, and but Which, he said he's 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 filed uh, articles in uh, in every continent. Well, it's very ballsy to have the first two issues of this Superman New Origin story be about 25-year-old Clark Kent reporting on stories in, in the Sudan. And that must have really blown people away when they're, they're expecting the whole high school awkwardness thing. And I remember talking to my friend Jonathan about Man of Steel, and I, I guess it is going to weave its way through that movie, but how he was really relieved that he didn't have to live through all that. He, mm-hmm. he kind of got that. So I, I, I really applauded it. I just found... I found here, here's what seems to happen when when writers need to show Superman's weakness, they just show thing show it that it's he can't be in two places at one time, right? And and it's something that okay, I get it. it maybe it's because I just saw the movie and and this Christopher Reeve movie was in my head, but when I came to it, I'm like, oh, I, okay, this again. But I mean, it's not it's not a fair criticism. But it was interesting to see that that seems to be something that writers need to come back that's to. That's almost the essential tragedy of Superman, isn't it? That he can't save everyone. Right. And right. that's how and you he really, has to choose. That's how you choose. really show it. Who, who, does, who does he decide to save is part of the problem. And that's part of the problem having Man of Steel. Oh, God, we're going to get into that. No, 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 um, no, no. Is that he never chose anything in Man of Steel. It was, it was just fight Zod, not to try to save anybody, but we'll get into that. We will. We won't. We will. Um, no, the, you know, if, if you're, you're going to get into it, I mean, there's, this answers a lot of those questions where, you know, Superman is concerned about collateral damage and protecting people. And you see it right in the, you know, in, in Sudan and some of the, some of the attacks. He's, he actually does, you know, uh, uh, heat vision, you know, field surgery, but then he mm-hmm. also has to run. And that's, that's the thing you're talking about where he has to be in two places at once and he really can't. There's a couple instances of that. In the, what this, book. what what a lot of this is is uh, so Man of Steel comes out after Crisis, and it's sort of redefining the modern Superman by tossing out most of the Silver Age 
conceits of Superman, and a lot of this is bringing those back. And so, really, I think what you, uh, how your how your opinion is of this this book and the origin depends on how much you want those elements to return. So, basically, Man of Steel threw out the idea of of a young Superman and threw out the idea of Lex Luthor living in Smallville with with Clark, which is a Silver Age idea, and this. This book brings it doesn't bring back Superboy. Well, you know, it's not it's not like you know lion heads and uh, no, know, no, super but horses and things. No, like No, but that. there it's, are there are bit the idea of Clark and Lex living together was something that was in the Silver Age. I never mm-hmm. knew that. And you know, Superman causing his hair to fall out in an accident was in the Silver Age in, in Lex's lab, and uh, so they wiped that out in in uh, Man of Steel, and they, so the Mark Wade brought this all back. So it really is depend. You know, there's sort of. You know, Mark Wade loves the Silver Age, and it's not a knock on him. That's just it's he loves it. So he brought all those elements back that that uh, people who like me who liked Man of Steel, you know, when I, when I was younger, wasn't so happy with. Well, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of very modern ideas too. I mean, there's sure. the whole thing where Superman, and I think this is a Wade thing, where Superman sees like a color aura around yeah. all life forms, and that's why he's a vegetarian. He doesn't want to. He he sees the color sucked out of you know animals that no, have been yeah, the food and. That's- that's just lame. <laughs> it's like, come on. It's like midichlorians or something. I mean, it's I mean, I, bad. It's, I, I just, it's like, oh, you're just, so do larger people have a brighter aura because they've eaten more? I mean, I, it just seems, I, I, I kind of just like rolled my eyes a little bit on that one. I mean, let, let's, he can be, let, let's have some limitations on his power. I, I didn't really catch it. I actually didn't even notice the whole bit. And that was, I mean, and that's actually something else, something else that burned deep. You know, greatly depowered Superman, whereas here to sort of right. bring back the idea of he can do lots of crazy things. Hey, um, what do, so what do you guys think? I found I'm, I'm sort of paging through it as we as we discuss it, and one of the, the characterizations that really kind of puzzled me a little bit in terms of consistency was Jonathan Kent's yeah. um, character. Like, uh, I couldn't figure out what his angle was. Like, he he's I fir- thought at first when I was reading it, he was going to be more irascible and um, less uh, accepting of Clark, especially because he starts trying to beat, he gets all frustrated that he didn't help with the tractor. And then he starts beating on the spaceship. But then later he's arm in arm with Clark, sort of trying to figure out the mystery behind Lex. And it it, it just seemed really wonky of all the the characters in the book that he seemed the most, I just couldn't figure out where he was. Just inconsistent. I I think there's two things. I think part of the later, depictions of Jonathan is all like there's a there's a panel where he's like smiling and you know like and, and hugging Clark later on and it and it I think that's 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 Laniel Yu um maybe not getting that scene exactly right it just it, it felt a little bit off tonally um before that when he's at when he's acting out and and you know trying to pound the the um the, the space capsule into submission um and ends up destroying the barn um I think that's that's basically him scared he's he loves his son and I think he knows that he's destined for for big things. Maybe not to, not, maybe not even to the extent of uh, Jonathan Kent in the Man of Steel movie. Um, he's he he knows that it's going to be out of his hands at some point. And I think he's just scared having to confront that. He just got his son back after him being away for like seven years, because he left uh, at eighteen, right after he graduated high school, and then traveled the globe. And right. he wanted a little bit more. I think he wanted a little bit more time with him. And now Clark is really excited about going out into the world, stepping out and, and becoming this superhero, which they don't even have in this world. You know, like he's he's going out to, to do this thing and he's going to be putting himself in dangerous situations. And I think he I think that's Jonathan, maybe not 
at acting like himself. I think he's just scared and and acting out on that. And um and then as as it as the story progresses, we get to see that he's a little bit reluctant, he's a little bit cautious, but he um he understands and is proud of what Clark is doing. Um but this I think the situation in this book um and it goes even into the the prologue in Krypton. This is a book about really strong moms. Yeah. Um cuz yeah. cuz uh, uh you know uh, Jor-El was uh, scared too. Um he didn't know that he didn't know if his son was going to make it out of this okay and he didn't know if he was just sending him to his doom and uh Lara was the one who convinced him, you know, I I hate this but we got to do it. Um if he stays here, it's certain that he's that he's dead. Um but if we send him out there, there's hope. And the same thing with uh with Martha Kent. She's really strong and I think that's where this Superman gets a lot of his uh a lot of his courage. I like Martha I, a lot in this. Yeah. yeah, she's and and how she helps. I love the idea that uh he really steps into Clark as a character uh before he heads off to Metropolis and how she she can be really frank with like never wear a tight shirt. You know, just yeah. like she the way she treats him um it was really, I, I really thought it was really tender, yet she was acknowledging that he was now a grown-up. And th- that must be such an interesting time for a parent where they, where they really had to go, he was 18 the last time I saw him, and now I really have to treat him like a grown-up, but I can still be helpful. And I have to acknowledge that he's good-looking, even though he doesn't know it, and I have to help him be schlubby. And I thought that was really kind of cool that um, you get sort of an insight into the struggle that, Clark has to try to be Clark. And uh, I don't think I've seen that sort of process and trying to figure out just the different levels of um, nervousness. Uh, I've never seen that process uh, sort of explained before, at least in this detail. Again, he is, a. I still will always, I, I still remember the quietly sort of the most fondly in terms of full uh, transformation. But I thought this was a kind of a, I was surprised at how compelling this was. And I liked how they discovered the whole glasses thing. Um, that he has the his acting eyes book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That was cool. It and really, I mean, it does, it does, you know, the, one of the things that the movie really neglected was the idea that he's a different person and different personas because he really was never in the book, in the movie any different right. from, from Clark Kent to Superman. But right. this, you know, it, there, there's a tendency to over-explain things, but I thought this was this explained the right things. You know, how how does you're never going to fully explain how a guy puts on glasses and is not recognized. That's just a, that's just a, that's just something you go with with Superman. But you can explain other things around him. Christopher Reeve did the voice and he did the the you know, hunching, yeah. and and here we sort of get more into. I like I love the book, the fact that he had an acting book and that he went through you know went through the whole process of figuring out how to be different, which was good. And um, before I mean before we move on from the Kents, I think. Uh, I, I just love the fascination with UFOs and how she's got, you know, kind of like she's she's got the computer all set up and she probably learned how to do all that stuff just yeah. so she can learn more about her son and where he comes from. And um, it's be- it, and it, it maybe became sort of or it started maybe as a curiosity and maybe I can figure out where he's from. And then it just became like this this hobby, you know, uh, Jonathan calls it her hobby room. And, <laughs> and she's and, and I, I love that. And, and that's. She's also able to keep in touch with him um, because she's so tech savvy and they have like this encrypted thing where they talk to each other. And um, that's a that's sort of a great uh, through line for the book that when he moves to Metropolis, he's able to to keep in touch. And um, I think that's a really important part of uh, Clark's humanity that um, 
he stay in touch with his family and and, and also that she, he he always does kind of need help from his mom. Yeah. yeah. And, and like and and like you know as an adult you, you find yourself turning to your parents and your mom in particular in in different ways that are surprising. I, I do like the introductory of the Daily Planet um, being this busy crazy place. I, I I always loved sort of the the origin of like his first couple of days there. Yeah. And I was very curious to see how he would handle. Uh, you know, those three characters, Perry, Jimmy, Jim, slash Jim, and Lois. <laughs> I, you guys- I, I love that Jimmy was Jimmy to everybody but but Clark. I love yeah. that, that bit. Um, Even to Superman, it's Jimmy. Yeah. But, to, but with Clark, it's it's Jim. And he re- and, and Jimmy really clings on to that. <laughs> no, the, I, I think I think for me the story really picks up uh, when it gets to Metropolis. I did, I did really enjoy everything else before that. But, you know, I think these are great depictions of the classic relationships. I love Lex Luthor. Um, this is a great depict. This is a great depiction of of Lex, um, and it feels really personal. And I, and I can see why you chose that that one issue as a, as a pick of the week, um, where we get to go back and see Lex in in Smallville, and he's just as much or maybe more of an alien than Clark is. Oh, totally more. He that's, doesn't, that's he doesn't understand how to yeah. deal with people. That's my favorite part of the book. He, he, I, he, I think. He can't deal with people. He doesn't know human interaction baffles him. Uh, when dealing with anybody not as smart as him, which means no one, uh, he can't handle. And uh, I love the scene where he, you know, where uh, they Clark Clark brings Lex back home, and Jonathan's working on the uh, the milking machine, which is broken, and Lex, you know, works on it, makes it more efficient, but at the same time doesn't understand how it has to work, and so you know starts hurting the cows, and yeah. it's sort of a disaster. I, I, it's sort of a great encapsulation of he he understands the machines he can make them better but he doesn't understand how the machines have to work he has a terrible bedside manner it's like he's yeah. like a he's like the most brilliant you know surgeon but he can't you know make people feel better you know he can fix yeah. them but he can't put them at ease when he's talking to them so that that kind it was, of this reminded me a little bit of the uh, the current sherlock uh cumberbatch's sure. sort of interpretation of that sort of colds probably autistic or at least a lot of Asperger's syndrome, especially obviously during the, uh, the, the clearest example of being the deduction part in the classroom. Yeah. But um, you, you can see why they, they became friends. And, and it was, I love that part where he shows them his invention and it works, but he, he goes into that white rage where he's so vulnerable because he thought it didn't work, but of course it did. <laughs> um, it's, it's an interesting way to, to humanize uh, Lex in, in, a, in a different way, and I love the the fact that Clark is the only one that can really call him on it. They take for example the, uh, the the football game, where he's like, "Dude, you got it. Please, just never again." Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's interesting that Lex is able to listen to him. I didn't quite buy, and I'm curious what you guys thought that he didn't remember Clark. I don't see how that's, that's possible. Yeah, that's the only. I mean, I think the idea is that he's 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 so enraged by what happened in Smallville, he sort of buried it in his subconscious, but that's probably the biggest stretch of the story, more so than than no one recognizes Clark with glasses. I took, that, I, I took that more as like just he's willing himself not to remember Smallville, and I right. think that's, that's part of it. And it's one of those things where they, you know, they it's a it's a trope sometimes where you you know you have this trauma and then you you recreate you know a memory just um, as a way to cope. And he's been lying to himself for so long that it's become the truth. So I, think I think that's asking a lot of the reader, though. Um, especially given the proximity of the scenes just in the book, 
the way it's constructed, mm-hmm. it, it, you're like, well, wait a second. If if he had all of these profound moments, indeed, the moments when he failed early on, which probably drove him to where he was going to be. And also, by the way, Clark is right there before he has that massive explosion and his father's died and he gets, you know, has no more hair and is burned uh, badly. I just, I didn't buy it. And it really frustrated me. I, I, I thought it would come back at some point. I thought even that he might have known that he was... The fact I just didn't. I mean, I get it that he can't know, but in, in part of me was like, "Wow, maybe Wade will say, yeah, I know that Clark Kent is Superman,' and then I'm not. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pretend and then reveal it later on, um, just because if he's so smart, if he's so intelligent and mm-hmm. lived through all of this with Krypton and seeing Clark. I mean, he's he's not an idiot, and then he would the light would have dinged. Oh, my invention did work. You know what I mean? Right. So no, no, yeah. maybe I was I was being too detail or no, I, th- I think it frustrate me. I think you're right. That's you know, it's um I think it's a byproduct of some of the rest of the book being so thoughtful about the way, you know, his powers work or the or the way the story is revealed that, you know, this is this is one case in the story where it's they're tr- he's trying to service this this long standing tradition that people don't know that Clark Kent is Superman. That, and, I liked the way that Byrne handled it. It was not in Man of Steel, but it was in the following series right. that Lex, you know, didn't know Clark growing up in that in that version, and so he met Clark. He met Clark and Superman at the same time, and he he built a machine that figured it out, like it print, you know, it printed out on the screen, Clark Kent and Superman. But like the it, machine it was, from it, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate basically, Factory. Basically, <laughs> the the idea the idea to to Lex that someone like Clark could be Superman was so absurd to him so, that yeah. he, he just he realized he decided that the machine must be broken. And, or not work properly, but the it was just that the idea of this which is, which, mild which man here. reporter being so, but it's like what Mike said. He would have started putting two pieces together that he oh, had yeah, an extra, yeah. he had an extraterrestrial machine, you know, detecting machine that went off when Clark was around that he should, and it would have all sort of fallen into place. And I don't know that necessarily. You could tell a story where, where Lex knows who Clark is. I mean, you could, absolutely. I think you could. I think it would be an interesting choice to do so, but. Uh, that that was to me the only thing that really didn't work in the st- in the story was the idea that Lex just sort of went, nah, I'm gonna forget everything that happened in Smallville. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand why, but it, just, it didn't necessarily work for me. Totally, I, I think the book goes into sort of the series goes into a sort of a lull after that Lex um, storyline. I, I I mean, I kind of you could kind of see it coming a mile away with the the fleet and the alien and like and then the cl- the holographic warriors or whatever. Like it's it started going from something that seemed really unique and special to something that was a little bit more like like ordinary and and I've been here before and kind of like oh this is this is now where the summer blockbuster part of the story yeah, it's, I guess you know, Superman and Kryptonite and the whole thing of that we've seen not just with Superman but with you know Spider-Man and a bunch of other characters where <clears throat> yes. do we trust this you know this this character this person who's an alien from another world and and that kind of thing and um and then of course you have the you know the moments where they pick up the uh discarded uh superman shield um fabric from from his costume and use it as kind of a, a banner and now the people are are fighting for superman because they they believe in him now and he really did a good job of stitching that back together with his heat vision very yeah, good it, was really uh, really, nice. really it wasn't precise. even like, crooked at all no no really good. so the, the the main thrust is is once he's moved to, to metropolis and he comes up against lex luther lex discovers krypton through the dying you know you know light and light and information travels you know you know m- m- at light speed to Earth, so right. we're seeing the stars, they're already dead. 
So he, he sees the he see he, the information from, from Krypton rise at Earth. He he gets it all. Yeah, he's he seen all throughout Krypton's history. He's you know and and able to base the designs of his fake weapons and maybe real weapons. So he see, he sees Superman's crest and Krypton. He decides he's going to fake an invasion. And pretend that Superman is the lead scout for this invasion to turn everyone against him, which works. Which I, which thought, was, I thought was a great idea. Works it's temporarily. Idea. And, the, and, the, and the really interesting part of that is, you know, in all the different Superman origin stories, um, you know, including this new movie, uh, Clark finds out about his heritage in vastly different ways. Yes. You know, and like in, in the Smallville TV show, it it's all through the series and dribs and drabs. He finds out more and more as it goes along. And, that, and you know, he gets his costume that way. In other versions, you know, Ma Kent takes his baby blanket from the rocket and, you know, makes a costume out of that. That's in various incarnations. Um, here, Superman learns his real name and where he's from, from Lex, Lex Luthor, which is yeah. a really interesting idea. And very elegant. Like really great. Oh, that was a great scene, one of the, yeah. yeah, that's a really great scene, and it it's oddly one of the few acts of kindness so that you can imagine Lex having done by accident, you know. Um, and there was a lot of, you know, there was it was interesting to see these moments of realization. And some of I thought Lennel was figuring out emotionality while he was drawing this, but like, but there were some moments that I thought he he did pretty well trying to, when he was realizing all that kind of stuff. I, I did want to see what you guys thought, and we'll, we'll get back to that, but um, about Clark's characterization and how he it was being handled. I didn't really understand why everybody was ostracizing him, and your parallels to Spider-Man and Peter Parker um, were right on target. I, it was just like, it was just like a, a Spider-Man story. You mean like, like, the ends? Well, well I mean, you know, his staff members bail on him when they're when they're out drinking. They they make fun of him. I think I think it's the idea that he's the country bumpkin. And yeah, these, but, these it, are but he's acting that way. He's bringing yeah. it upon himself. He wants to disappear. That's the that's the whole. Thing well, he's acting that way, but he's also is, he's also bummed about it. He's not yeah, happy that they, yeah. they bail on him at the bar and go to a different bar. I guess yeah. I just didn't see what they were complaining about. I just had to infer it. Oh, like why why won't he just open up and. Hang out a bit, but because you're a like, nice guy, Mike, you would bring him to the bar with you. I would totally do that, but, but, but I never saw like him. Jerky city reporters who think he's a bumpkin and don't want to hang out with him because he's a, he's a drip, you know. And so they. It was they, almost like since we weren't going to do the high school scenes, we're going to inject them into the. I, yeah, I can see that. So, but I it was I guess just because I was siding with Clark on it, I just felt like it was a little early on in his career. For you feel yourself in Clark. I do see a lot of myself, mostly the glasses. He's like you know he's like the kid in the after school special who learns martial arts and he's you know he he knows karate <laughs> and like the guys keep picking on him and he knows I can't unleash this on them because I'm super strong and I've got I've got the moves, but that doesn't mean that he's got to feel good about it. Like he can still be down about that and and that the fact that he has to keep everything kind of bottled up. Um, but then, you know, the important thing is that, you know, Lois gets him and Lois sticks up for him when she doesn't so much do that for anyone else. Um, I really wanted more scenes between those two. You're, you make a great point. And like the fact that she does get him, but in relatively short amount of time, I would have liked a couple of more pages of them. I think one of the, a really great part of the 78 movie is the balcony scene. And I, I do realize that they end up flying and she starts singing that song. But, <laughs> right. but like, I, I, I love watching writers do that first story about Superman, you know, like, yeah. okay, I've got a few questions. Okay. I'll answer a few of them. And I would have liked to have seen that just because Wade was taking on so many other in interesting tenets of the story, the faster than the speeding bullet, I thought was actually kind of cute though. 
they're dangerous, but like, um, but I would have, I would have liked to seen her sort of react a bit more. I feel, I feel like she sort of buys into the concept of Superman rather quickly. And I do realize that when we meet her, she is sort of doing research on some sort of strange person that's being able to do stuff. It's kind of like Man of Steel again. Man but in khakis. I yeah, that's yeah. That's yeah. all we know. He's right. a guy in khakis who. Guy in khakis. Is really strong. There, there's not so, a lot of Lois in this book. Um, there's I mean, not she, a lot. There's, which is weird because there's so much Martha. She has a lot of. Well, she has a lot of impact in the scenes that she's in, but she's not. It, it's I think compared to other Superman origin stories, there is much less of her on screen. Um, I wonder if it's a it's a tougher nut to crack than we than we think the Lois Superman relation, Clark relationship because if you think back to the Bruce Tim cartoon, had almost nothing with the two of them. I mean, she was a major character, but they, they didn't even deal with the relationship. They, there was no romance in that in that series. I, I just wonder, because this is around the same time, a little bit, this is a few years after, but it's still sort of the same era in that, you know, they didn't even deal with the, the love triangle in the cartoon ever. And, huh. and I wonder what, what it is about that that makes it difficult. Maybe this isn't, you know, this is, I mean, it's not right after, but it's closer to, uh, to you know, Lois and Clark, you mm-hmm. know, that TV show and it being just in your face. No, no, that was, that was way before the cartoon. Yeah, that was the 90s? Yeah, something? that was when I was No, no, yeah, I know it's in the 90s. I just mean, like, Wade doing a new origin story. We've seen a lot of the lowest stuff. Maybe I want to focus on some of the other things. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was, that was just his intention was just, I'll, you know, get Lois right whenever she's, you know, in panel. But I'm more interested right now in, in, in Lex and just in, and Clark as a character. Because we, you know, we start out, it's, he's in the Sudan and it's just Clark on a you know on his own and it's not none of the you know no you know pete no lana until later no Lana's Ma, kind of Ken. a tart in this kind of <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even notice her she's, she's, the, the, photo, she's, the, she's right? the cheerleader who uh, tells yeah. tells the quarterback she's going to take care of it when they get home because he's oh, stressed right. out yeah. um it's a little varsity blues i uh i found myself really wishing that they had just straight adapted this book for the movie i, I felt that too i was like as i, as I was reading this it. this is really you could, I mean, you could, you could totally cut out the extreme. You can cut out the, you know, as great as it is, you can cut the Africa stuff out. You can cut a lot of the, you know, Lex at home stuff. I like and just the Africa do, stuff. I would keep. I know, but I'm saying for a movie, you can cut out um, that yeah. stuff and just go straight to, you know, I, basically what I'm saying is the, the 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 point he gets to Metropolis on on would have been a great film. Uh, yeah, you can have Lex. He's the, but he he's not necessarily prim, the prim, he, he's the primary villain in the background, but you still have. Zod, you still have a Kryptonian invasion and fight and all that stuff, and you would have had a really satisfying story. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I agree. I, that's a mess that they put There's a lot them. of stories I would rather have than the story that we got. <laughs> well, I, and I guess this sort of leads up to what I felt. Like, I was enjoying the book, but I wasn't, like, thrilled by the book. But really, the ending moment, like, I was reading this by in while I was at work, but we were on break, and I was at the pool in Vegas, and I was finishing it up. And the moment where he is able to send that message to his parents before Krypton blows up, I um, like I was completely blown away by that moment. That's, that's like I couldn't fantastic believe idea. it. Like I was in, sh- I was shocked and stunned, and like I was like verklempt to say the least. <laughs> I, I could, I had to put on sunglasses, let people <laughs> see my eyes get moist. But like I almost felt like that was the note that this entire story was going to be built around. And then it sort of spilled out from there because that, for me, was a was a was a profound, profoundly touching 
uh, a concept. And it was interesting to see an echo of that more recently when they did that backup story when um, the, the folks at NASA are able to aim all the satellites and see Krypton's last moments. There was sort of a, it was sort of the same kind of thing. But to right. be able for him to actually have communicated with his parents and say that he's okay, that would be that really, really what made it an impact on me. It's like and the, I would think that it would set a stage for Superman that was so much going to be so much more grounded and so much feeling like that part of himself was was fulfilled. Um, I thought I thought it was amazing. Really, much less really lost, much less sad. Yeah, about, I mean, yeah. You know, you're still sad that your your family and your people are dead, but he was able to at least say, "I made it." You it's know, just, they were able to, it's they just, were able to die. Right. It's just right because it's it's just for them. Like he doesn't get he doesn't really get you know to talk to them. He doesn't get to you know hug them or anything like that. Yeah. You know, in the Man of Steel movie, like he gets to walk around a ship with Jarrell, which I almost think is like it's too much. Like there should be a gulf between them, but that that moment that he's able to you know send his parents off. Um, with a note of hope, not a note of uncertainty. You know, yeah, well, they, they know a, a that note he made of, it. A finality, a it's, note of confirmation. Right. Uh, that that it worked is uh is I thought it was amazing. Pitch perfect um, note. And, I, and up until then, I wasn't sure how I felt about the like about Lex's device that he created, where he can see into, you know, yeah. this, this other. Place. I was like, that's a little bit like broad of an idea, and I I don't I don't quite understand. Like even I know he's you know a gifted kid but like to come up with something like that even though like this is later on like he's he's worked on it for the past seven years um it's a it's it's a little out there in terms of well in terms of science it's not that far off of what they think they can do eventually in terms of you know uh grabbing signals from space and you know it was it was it's the two-way thing that is less less easy to believe right um the the transmission part um but, so the, but the moment it, is so good; it doesn't. Really the moment matter. is so yeah that it totally sold me on it. Is that like, yeah? It's perfect. It, I mean, the thing is, did now here's my ignorance: did this characterization of Superman did it go further, or was this just sort of a twelve issue maxi series, and that was it? Well, this is this is the this was the modern day origin. You know, they used this as until for however long, but you know, Wade didn't write the books. They used it until Secret Origin, right? Yeah, basically, but you know, we didn't, we didn't, didn't take over Action Comics and continue the story. You know, like, like, right. The, the benefit of Burns' Man of Steel is that he did, he did continue the story. He didn't wrote the next two years of Superman, so he was able to build on what he did, and and it really did feel like a origin. Whereas this didn't feel, and I, I don't really remember much of that from that era because it really wasn't that memorable in terms of Superman. Yeah, I, I literally can't remember. I just um, don't know. But I think, I think the main takeaway from this is that I think Wade has got a great super handle on the character. I mean, he's his Superman is great. It's not, he's not a boring Boy Scout, and he's also not, you know, what we saw in the movie. He's he's Superman. He's just, he's still inspiring, but he's also able to, you know, f- he doesn't flash moments of anger so much. Well, a little bit, but he's he's a That's human. the way you draws him, sort of. Yeah. Um, the the moment where he sees the you know the S shield burned into, you know, in, in into the the ruins of of the city. Um, he's he puts on the heat vision eyes. And he gets a little yeah. scary. He's hell no, and just yeah. goes back. And that that was that was sort of a you know before, up until then it was a moment of defeat. He was going to he was sort of you know off licking his wounds. He was I think he was going to go home and be, to get away from the the Krypton or the Kryptonite radiation. And then he sees that S shield, and he's like, no, I can't let you do that to you know with with my my symbol. And then to do that to these innocent people, 
I got to fight. So he goes back. And so, it, you know, it's a moment of determination. It's a little bit it's it's the Jim Lee thing where he gets really scary looking um, right. with the heat vision eyes. And so maybe a little bit too far. But, but I think uh, that's yeah, I think that's kind of the point, though, isn't it? I mean, it's pissed off. Heat vision Superman would be terrifying if yeah. he's flying at yeah, it's a glimpse into the nightmare of what would happen if Superman went went off the deep end. And it would have been really interesting to see. But he never crosses the line. Like he, he doesn't. Gets, no, he gets mad, uh, justifiably so. But he never he never crosses that line. Which, which I you know I I wish Wade had taken over the books and kept writing the story. I mean, as much as I didn't love it at the time, and then I did, I did quite enjoy it this time. I wish he had taking this and run with it as the sort of the world. Mm-hmm. I was really interested to see him having a, a, basically a fist fight with Lex toward the end. Um, like him having to pull his punches. I would have, it was, it was interesting because he, he doesn't really fight people that much. Everybody else is in power suits and all that kind of thing. And there's some in the back, the, the version I have, there's a lot of uh, exposition sort of uh, analysis and explanation about the different characters and in the back of the book and mm-hmm. how he always has to, as Clark, he can't be too good at anything and he has to really watch himself physically. He can't play pickup basketball and all that kind of stuff. And it was interesting that they had spent so much time focusing on that, like with this very intense fight where he literally could have punched Lex's head off. Um, I, I thought it was weird that he would be, it was almost like classic Superman where he was just in fisticuffs all the time. It was, I was, I, I remember going, huh, you think he would only have to hit him once. You know what I mean? Like there was no exploration of that. So was he weakened by kryptonite at that point? I'm, I'm looking back. I don't know. Remember. I'm looking. Yeah, I don't. It just seemed odd to me that he would, because there were several punches that he did. Yeah, he's, he hits him a couple of times. Um, but it, it was it was interesting. You don't even get a sense. It's, it's I don't imagine Lex being that strong. Well, is his Lex like yeah. he's he, is he like irradiated by kryptonite? At this point, because he's he's like he's got this green aura and he's yeah. been like maybe that's what his eyes are green and his yeah. green yeah. his green maybe that's what it was. He's just, like, he's just weakened. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Does the, and now the, the the question I think that's something that they don't explore, but and it's it, it's more you know implied is that is Lex irradiated by kryptonite from the explosion all those years ago, or is it just the or is it maybe a combination where he's using that device? And he's in contact with. It's got to be the. It's got to be the device. I think. Is there? I mean, there's 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 merit to the idea that that Lex would be, you know, and they've haven't they talked about Lex being like like doesn't he get cancer from kryptonite in some? Well, that was the original. In this in this story, kryptonite is completely harmless to humans. There's no radiation poisoning possible, at least according to this this this. But what if you know in that big explosion, he's like infused with you know kryptonite, which is sort of a Smallville thing too, so that when Whenever, you know that that would be kind of a neat idea that even though he's still human and it doesn't augment his powers or anything like he doesn't just, special abilities, just keep Superman from hurting him. That Cl- and that Clark, yeah, would be um, at least a little bit weakened. So in the old story, it was like any other radiation, and, and Lex had a kryptonite pinky ring he kept on all the time, right? You know, and so then eventually that gave him radiation poisoning, and he had to lose the hand, and he eventually killed him, and so I mean that was sort of the irony of it of back then was that. You know his attempts to defeat Superman ended up killing him, and then of course he was clone, put in a clone body, much younger, with fantastic hair and a beard. But that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But um, although if you were a super rich bald guy, you'd probably put yourself in a clone body with awesome hair too. But um, uh, I don't know if I go red hair, but 
You know? you know what struck me here is that I usually am pretty good when I read a trade of being able to see the different when it breaks from issue to issue, and it really struck me that I, I there were many times I didn't know when one issue ended and the other began. It was very much written as a con- continuous narrative. Yeah, there were no review points, and I, I, I imagine this must have been kind of frustrating to read as single issues because it was just so straight ahead. Um, just from a structural point of view, I thought that was kind of interesting, because especially since we're talking ten years ago. It, 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 it was a, it's a fun read. I read these uh, initially. I got them all in Comicsology, and uh, you know, I just I flew through them. You know, really, yeah. it, it's a story that moves. You know, and which is which is a compliment. It's it's a good, fast paced um, story that doesn't sort of it doesn't linger too long in anything because there's a lot. There's a lot to do in twelve issues. But it's so yeah. it's so rich in character, though. I mean, yeah. it's a, you don't oh, think, you don't you don't think of that. You know, when when someone says it's a really breezy, you know, fast read, you you think that that comes at the cost of characterization, and that's very much not the case here. This a great character book. Well, Wade's, um, Wade's, Wade's an old school guy who excels at telling fast paced action stories while never neglecting the characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, think, you look at his work now with Daredevil and Hulk, and it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. I also think he does a really great job of leaving you wanting more. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, by the time that the book was over, like, I felt like, okay, now I'm ready to, to keep going with these, these cats and see the relationships sort of keep going and see Jimmy more often, see Lois more often. So it, it actually left me kind of. Uh, sad. Yeah, you know that's the origin story you should do, right? You should want to, you should want to, you should want to spend more time in that world and not be all angry about it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean angry? I, I don't know. I don't know. It. I really did. I really did find myself. Um, I don't think I've read this since it originally came out. So, I had never read it before. So um, it was really interesting to see it, a, a different take on it. And like you I've, said a while ago, I do like different variations on a theme it's almost like like i really like covers of songs i really like you know artists who paint the same painting over and over again and i do like to see origin stories over and over again because it's always interesting to see different takes on sort of classic themes and uh i I could read superman origin stories once a year as long as they were told well yeah Um, there's you know there's people always complain oh no a new superman origin story i'm always excited about it i mean yeah I'd, 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 i'd love to i mean i'd also love to see more great continuing adventures of superman that aren't just like justice league stories where he's one of the characters i'd you know I'd, and th- and those things do exist um but i i can never get tired of of seeing this origin story because it's such it's so iconic and it's so you know it's so personal that it that it really is a good analogy that it's like it's like covering a song um and mm-hmm. you get to just see different different notes of you know from different people's backgrounds and what things they find the most important um, are just little, slight little, little twists and variations. It's, uh, it's speaking it's of which, what, see, which um, they went it's in the back matter. They went to some degree of explanation about the uh, the Superman uniform, the costume, mm-hmm. and I and how like special and unique it was. And I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. What 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 was the costume like before this book came out? Because this seemed like this is- very much by the numbers, maybe the. The cape was a little bit different. Were they the talking world. about it just in general? Because it's, it's just a classic <laughs> costume. Yeah, I don't know. It was. I, that's why I asked because it just seemed a very classic costume to me. But they went, "Oh no, this is totally this very different take on the costume." I'm trying like, to ah. think what came before this, like directly before it. Yeah. Um, I mean, he went to some. They do some explanation, which I thought was kind of interesting. The the best way 
it's so bright and so colorful as to say, look, I'm not a threat. You can see me coming a mile away. I'm not a mystery. I'm, I'm an emblem. I'm enigmatic. Um, I'm something to look forward to um, as a, instead of being dark and brooding like Batman, for example. It, he, you can't sneak around in this costume. So maybe I thought, oh, okay, so maybe the costumes were more muted beforehand. But for me, this was exactly the 1978 costume. Um, um, the shield um, has changed size over. The, I mean, it's changed oh, yeah. over the years, but uh, the shield is particularly big here. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, one that's probably thing that biggest. I would notice. Yeah, um, very prominent trapezius muscles. Um, okay. <laughs> sort of an open collar. Uh, yeah, that's and kind the, of interesting. Co- that you know, the posture for Clark Kent is is different than it is for Superman, and that's that's a story thing. But also, I think I feel like the character's bigger when he's Superman. Like he mm-hmm. seems a little bit, um, not not skinny, but like he seems a little bit more. I don't know. Like he seems bulkier as Superman, even in, within the same, you know, time. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that was what that was one of the things that Martha was trying to explain to him in the beginning was he had to wear a lot of big baggy clothes. Was, you know, in, in the real world, they did they did that for Batman Begins, but to make Christian Bale look younger, they put him in giant clothes, so that right. he, when he in the flashback scene, so that he looked really skinny. Uh, you know, then in the tight clothes as an adult, you can see how he's 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 bigger. But um, I I just think this is a great origin story that you can hand to anybody, especially you know you can hand it to anybody who loved the movie because there's enough of the movie in here. You know, there's a lot of the Krypton Krypton stuff. There's fly, those flying dragon things that were that are in, in yeah, here too. I forgot those were in there. Yeah. Um, this is a great book to hand to somebody to say if you like the movie, read this because. Or if you never read it the first place, you should you should read it. I would have been. I, I now makes me really really want to read the Jeff Johns Gary Frank one again, and just and just sort of do a little bit of a comparison, even though it's an unfair comparison. This it doesn't make any sense to compare the two, but to just kind of see how I re- react to it, because that that has to be the most recent origin story that I've read. Well, um, other than New Fifty Two, there's that. I mean, there's no yeah, there's no there's no uh, formal origin story in the New Fifty Two. It's just right. we see his his younger. We we have flashbacks to things, but there's no like this is self contained. Right. So there's nothing like that with the New Fifty Two. And I'd be interesting to read this, <laughs> read this, and Man of Steel and Secret Origin all, you know, and sort of compare and contrast them all. Yeah, my memory is I, you know, I enjoyed I enjoyed uh, Secret Origin, um, but I didn't like it as much as some of John's and Frank's other stories. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Superman and, and the Legion of Superheroes and the Brainiac one. Well, that was and that happened right before, right? Right. This, 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 that all that was. This was the that last whole block. Thing. That whole block together, though, as an as a whole, is just I think genius. Yeah, well, they, like, they did well, this. They did they they did um, Secret Origin uh, when everyone else was working on New Krypton, if I remember correctly. I yeah. Oh, yeah. The time. Yeah. Yeah. No, but this. I mean, this this is this is good. I was I was happy to find that. While I still prefer Man of Steel, I did really enjoy this, and I was worried that I wasn't going to because I didn't really love it when it first came out. So I was happy to see. And I think maybe a lot of it is because Superman's been so lost for the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in between the comics and the movie and everything, it's, it hasn't been a good time for Superman, but at least as a character. Um, so I was happy to sort of get back to this old, you know, classic Superman, which is which is so great. One and that's not favorite. to say, and that's not to say there isn't good stuff coming out because you've got the Adventures of Superman, which has been very good so far. Yeah, which I'm going to pick book. up. Yeah, I'm going to pick up. I'm going to pick that book up now, and I'm reading the Unleashed 
or extreme or to unchained. the max. Unchained. Whatever. Unchained, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's off the chain. Uh, <laughs> it is a little and, bit. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, he's a tough character. There's a reason why he's, he's so fascinating because it, it is so easy to fail at this. And so when you have a book like this, that is so easy to get. And, and for people who are listening to it who haven't read it, I, I'd strongly, strongly recommend going the Comic Solidity route. The, uh, it is available on the iBook store. But the, uh, I'm going to do a piece on this. But there's, the way they format it. Um, in the for the iPad is incredibly frustrating. They actually, Paul, you'll love this. They actually make a fake book and then have a fake spine down the center no. with fake three-dimensional shadow. So during a full two-page spread, there's a line in the middle of it with a little 3D shadow. Oh, right? yeah, I've it's, seen it's, that. Right? Yeah, and and it absolutely makes no sense at all. So um, And also there's a really jarring animated effect. You can't just go page to page. You literally the the camera moves. Um, it's it's a whole technical nightmare. But uh, I, I assume that the comicsology experience is a lot. Yeah, better. that's the that sounds like the iBooks version. This this yeah, version, the iBooks yeah. version is garbage. It's this an version, travesty. Yeah. This version is just uh, uh, you know like your standard digital comic. Yeah, uh, that's great. That's great. The one I'm looking at anyway. Um, but I, I like this. I think anyone. I think Superman fans should check this out. I think you mentioned before that he's. Easy and I think I think he's deceptively hard as a character. Yeah, he's he's extremely hard. It, I think it looks like it'd be easy to write a Superman story, but then that's when you get things that don't really are not true to the character at all. And mm-hmm. and that's not to say you can't update the character and have it be modern, but there's some things about Superman that must remain Superman, no matter what the version is. It could be a silly version, it could be a fascist version, it could be all kinds of versions, but it has to there's a Superman ness to the character that has to show through. You know, and there's you know. a reason, you know, it's there's, there's been so many misses, and it is it is deceptively difficult, but there's a reason that we keep on trying. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you try like Superman, you don't give up. That's right. So uh, I think that's it for our book Splode on Superman Birthright uh, by Mark Wade and Laniel Francis oh. Yu. But why, why Birthright? That just lastly, before we close it up, okay. why don't, I, didn't understand, I don't understand that title at all. I just, did you guys know where it came from? I mean, Birthright is a very odd, this, that's an odd titling for this series. It. It's my birthright to be this person. Like, I, I, don't feels, know. I think because they, they delved more into the Krypton side of things, that sort of he's taking on the birthright of his family. It and, actually feels a little bit more appropriate for the Man of Steel movie because that was more about nature than nurture. Yes. Um, and ah, there's, yeah. there's, you can get into a whole conversation about that. Well, we won't. Um, <laughs> we will, we'll come back to it in a few years. But anyways. Yeah, uh, there'll so be another that, one. So that's it for this one. Uh, check out our regular Pick of the Week podcast over on ifanboy.com. And if you have any questions or comments for us, send those along to contact at ifanboy.com. Uh, and we'll see you next time. I'm Paul. I'm Connor. And I'm Mike. <laughs>